When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. Somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Smart Strong features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back, the smart pain. Welcome back to the Smart Strong podcast. Uh, I'm Ben James. I'm your host, and I'm with my co-host and good friend Jacob Stain again this morning. As always, morning. Welcome, Jacob. Morning, Ben. So, last time we talked through some case studies, we tried to bring uh, into context some of the subjects that we've talked about today and some of the principles that we've talked about today. We tried to bring those to life a little bit by talking about some case studies, some patients, just to put it into context for the listeners and maybe hopefully help them relate to some of the stories that we're seeing from the patients uh, that we're helping to get better through movement and through an active approach to uh, back rehabilitation and back resilience and back health. So because we'd uh, kind of delved into a bit of depth on a couple of those patients, we felt that it'd be good to just follow up with another similar episode talk about another couple of patients and this is something that I think we'll perhaps revisit after each of the kind of anatomical or theory-based podcasts that we do just to bring it into context because it seems to make a lot of sense and as as I say put into context some of the uh, information that we're sharing for for the listeners so Jacob I know you've got a couple more patients that that you're keen to talk about this morning um, specifically with a with a bit of a, a sports-based theme, I think it's fair to say, for these guys. Yeah, uh, let's start with uh, the first one. Um, he's a uh, rugby player, late 20s, and uh, a forward player, which means he's, he's quite stalky, uh, shortish, okay. very, mus- very muscular. And the typical impression when you see a guy like that, if you are someone like me, is... Probably limited hip range of motion, um, but able to generate a lot of force from his core and from his uh, his glutes as he's always pushing forward on the rugby field. Sure. And and what happened was uh, this guy decided in his off season that he would like to join a CrossFit club. Uh, uh, okay. And so he went to the CrossFit gym, and uh, you know then you usually have the on ramp four or five weeks that you have to complete. And in the on-ramp, he already started having low back issues. And sorry, just jumping, what's, what, can you explain the, the on-ramp for the listeners? Yeah, the on-ramp is actually a course that you follow before you uh, are free to just do any of the wads, any of the trainings. The okay, trainings. so it's kind of a pre-workout it's assessment a of yeah. movement, those kind of things. Yes, yes, yes. It's like going through all the different movements and exercises that you would be doing in the in the uh, group training sessions okay great so um, yeah so basically we had to so she ended up in my office and we then started talking about this uh, this whole approach of his what his goals are and so obviously his goals are to stay fit be fit and, and start the rugby season uh, in a better way than the previous year 
And so what uh, what we did is, or what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, aggravating factors, things that would have caused these lower back problems. And the first thing we do is we actually check the, the hip range of motion. We have to see is this guy able to squat down to 90 degrees, which is what they quite often, almost always require at a CrossFit gym. Yeah. They, you'd have to make the 90 degree mark in a squat, otherwise they don't actually give you or acknowledge that you've made a, a repetition in the count during okay. the exercises. Is that clear? Yeah, that's clear. And and I suppose based on previous discussions and, and obviously the knowledge that, that we have, we know that different people have different ranges of motion at the hip. And are we saying that everyone should be able to achieve 90 degrees? Because we know that not everyone can do a deep squat. Not everybody can always do a 90 degree squat. That's the... Is that an anatomical thing or is that a kind of a... A functional thing. Yeah. Yeah, it could be either. Um, you could sometimes have somebody you can actually work for that person towards a 90 degree squat, which they cannot do before because of not being not being stable. And either way, you gotta you got to work with the client or the patient in a way that you make it very clear. We don't want to... We don't want to actually sacrifice the low back. No. In bending, we want to make sure that you keep that neutral spine and give the work to the, the glutes and the hamstrings and, and the hips. Okay. So what happened was he, he did a, uh, a what, for example, uh, where they do wall balls. Wall balls where you actually, you catch a medicine ball and you shoot it up against the wall above a line. It has to touch the wall and then you catch it and you go back into a squat. And you use that, the catching of the ball going down into the squat as the momentum and the, the spring you load to come up again out of the squat and shoot the ball up against the wall again. So that, and usually do a fair amount of repetitions. Oh. And so being very stiff and bulky and most likely having a very thick spine, you've got to cope with a lot of load on the rugby field. Yeah. Uh, that was just too much for the discs in his low back. And uh, so first of all, we removed all these sort of exercises. We started working with um, basic uh, glute bridges just to open up his hips, get a little bit more range of motion, more glute med, you know, give, giving, that, giving him that stability we just talked about to see if we can get him down to 90 degrees. Um, but, but always making it clear that, look, 90 degrees is not that important for us. We don't have to squat that deep. If it's not getting there, it's fine. And at the CrossFit where he goes, uh, the guys know that uh, that's my, my theory and they respect that, so that's okay. And it's only a, presumably a problem in the CrossFit world if, if he actually wants to go on and compete. That would be a problem, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, most guys don't compete and... I would say, yeah, most most guys and ladies do not compete. They just no. do it for, uh, for themselves. Okay, got you. And so we, we we did some relaxation exercises to take the, the pressure off his back as he has an office job, sitting quite a lot, which was also aggravating, an aggravating factor. And just did basic core exercises, you know, getting back to the, the bird dog, the dead bug, and, and that working on that awareness of doing the hip hinge and the squat with a, a dowel stick in his back, working on the neutral spine. 
Yeah, got you. The kind of basics that, that we've we've talked about throughout yes. the series so far. I, I guess one of my questions is, based on his background and based on his sporting endeavours, is CrossFit right for him? Was there a discussion around whether he should even be doing CrossFit at all? Because we know this has become more and more popular. Uh, we know that there's good and bad CrossFit gyms as there are you know, any any gyms and any practitioner, as we've also discussed about before. But for the listeners that maybe are doing CrossFit or are thinking about CrossFit, is CrossFit for everyone? Or is it difficult to answer that question based on knowing who's running these different CrossFit gyms and the advice, therefore, that different people are getting? It's a good question. Uh, I think in his case, he would actually be better off with a very personalized training program something that works on his weaknesses and uh, something that's not going to aggravate any low back pain uh, but it's going to prepare him very well for his rugby season yeah because it strikes me from having participated in some crossfit and uh, and particularly the wads they're pretty intense and if people are if people particularly have got back problems um or they've been sedentary office work and they're doing CrossFit after work, you're in a pretty vulnerable position going into a CrossFit gym. That's true. And I think if you if you come like him from a, a sporting background and be, he's very strong, uh, he's got a lot of power in his body, I think the assumption is, oh, I'm just going to do CrossFit and I'll be fine. And actually exactly. that's... Yeah, and that's where it goes wrong. So you can either have these two extremes where you're somebody who's very sedentary and, you know, someone someone like that, that's actually the next person I'd like to discuss, but someone like that would have to, in my opinion, take months, if not more than a year, to build up the base. Yeah. And the not only the awareness, but you'd have to hone in on weaknesses and actually strengthen them because you're, when you lift, when you're lifting things at the CrossFit, uh, especially when you start being more explosive and and uh, making complex movements, you you're working a whole chain. And if there's a weakness in the chain, that part's going to break down. Especially if you're someone that goes three, four, or five times a week to the CrossFit. Yeah, and and not everybody that turns up at a CrossFit gym is going to be lucky enough to be treated in the same way the guys are uh, where you. Uh, work and train uh, and they're not going to be identified by the guys as people that need this kind of pre-course and and some gyms are not going to have this pre-course I guess so you've got a question if you are thinking about doing CrossFit just exactly how it's set up and what advice you're getting before you just go straight into the wads the workout of the days you know because there's some complex movements there that you're doing at high intensity and you just need to be sure that you're not at risk especially if you've got back issues especially if you're doing a sedentary job in the day and then you just go in in the car drive into a crossfit gym and then just suddenly start in vigorous exercise so it's just something to be aware of and to consider and to think about before you you jump in and if you're already doing it then maybe um you need to analyze some of the movements or get advice on some of the movements if you are starting to to suffer from some back pain or you're worried about it then i would definitely advise and i'm sure you're the same jacob that that you you give a lot of consideration to that 
Yes, and I think I think a big key element that's missing in a lot of gyms is the uh, is the actual assessment, individual assessment of people joining the gym. Because now it's generally there there are no assessments being done, and people just join and they do the on ramp, and it's the assumption is that they'll do the on ramp and they'll be fine to go. It's just a tick box. That's it. That's it. And also, you know, that's that's a way of getting more people through in less time. But yeah. if you have to do an individual assessment, that would actually take a lot of time. It'd probably take an hour one on one. But the the value of that is cannot be underestimated. It's it's uh, it's very valuable because that's where if you have a trained person that knows what they're looking for, that's where you pick up on all these dysfunctions and weaknesses and creating awareness with the client that look this is very important that we get this better before you go start lifting heavy or do complex uh, explosive movements yeah yeah absolutely so this yeah. guy he was given advice from you but he decided he wanted to continue crossfit yeah you mean the rugby player yes yeah so of course he you know i mean within a couple of weeks he was already much better okay and uh, the thing is we were quite quick to address this problem with him and so um, the, it, you know the irritation is low back just started it's not been chronic or anything like that and he was very good at following advice and uh, staying away from the movements that actually caused more problems doing his relaxation exercises picking up the basic motor pattern exercises for his glutes and his glute meats and, uh, and for his core and right. within a couple of weeks he was he was doing much better and uh, now we're working on, on getting his squat down to 90 degrees we'll see if it gets there um, he doesn't seem too bothered about it rugby season just started again uh, so he'll probably return to that and maybe do CrossFit once a week okay and 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 yeah, actually, you know, but just picking up on that because, you know, when you ask a guy like that, what's what's up, he'll say, yeah, my, my low back muscles are stiff. Okay. And and that's what uh, someone like him often think that it's it has to do with these, these muscles, but actually it doesn't have a lot to do with the muscles. The muscles are mainly a reaction on what happened in the low back because of this repetitive bending through the low back with, with, with the wall balls. Right. And was he, as a result of that, when he came to see you or before he was seeing you, was he um, doing some low back, the classic, oh yeah, I'm do, I do some low back stretches? Yes, he was doing hamstring stretches. Okay. And in that process, stretching his low back, you know, the typical yeah. hanging, hanging down or sitting down on the floor or reaching for your toes. Yeah, that sort of thing. And uh, I explained to him, you know, let's do let's do some mobilization for your hamstrings, but generally let's leave anything that's going to cause flexion, extreme flexion in low back. Let's leave that alone. Yes. Instead, instead, just do the tummy lying for ten minutes, twice a day, and uh, see if you can take some regular breaks walking at work. Yes. As as he's sitting a lot, and he actually has to drive, I think, forty five minutes to work and back every day. Okay. So he's that classic kind of guy that's doing a lot of sitting and he's got this back pain and this, this disc herniation and he's sitting 
in the car in the morning and he's sitting during the day and then he's going to go and do CrossFit in the evening and do flexion of the spine or that's what he was doing. Yeah, and and in this particular case, you know, a little bit unique because he's a rugby player and just being very explosive, having no stop, that's that's your typical rugby mentality, going very hard, hard at it. And that's, you know, it could be a recipe for disaster. So luckily we we addressed it and he's doing much better and just the awareness I think is going to get him quite far. So he's he's happy and he's like you say the rugby season started and he's he's training and he's participating without any issues of the low back now. Yes. And that's simply because you identified him as a as a risk from a crossfit point of view during this um, during, during this introduction and just worked with him on some of those core exercises that we've we've talked about throughout keeping that back neutral training the flexion moment not the flexion movement and gradually reintroduction reintroducing him to um the kind of crossfit based exercises that he that he wants to do yep awesome that's it yeah awesome and has he noticed a an improvement in strength um, as a result of the exercises that you've done because as we know a lot of these kind of sports guys will have classically done things like the sit-ups the curl-ups that we that we try and avoid and when we look at more neutral based exercises like the plank and side plank people often think as we've alluded to before that you're not actually they don't feel like they're training those muscles as much if they're not moving those muscles you know yeah yeah, this is this is actually a very good question. Um, what we what we're doing now with him is basically we've upped the intensity of the core exercises, and like you're saying, what we're doing is we're doing plank variations, but we're actually doing a a, a plank routine where you have your feet in the rings, uh, gymnastic rings, the rings mm-hmm. just being like twenty centimeters of the floor, and then your hands on the floor. So we're working with a lot of endurance of the, the anterior abdominal wall and because he's quite heavy, he's a forward rugby player, he has to work very hard to 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 maintain generally 30 seconds at a time and we have different different exercises in that way. And uh, but I I reassured him, I said, you know, look, somebody being lighter is gonna hold it much longer than you or or it's gonna be easier, but it just means that when you're able to do it you'll be even stronger than somebody else who's lighter. So just have to keep at it and so we've been working with that for example um, he's a dedicated guy so he's, he's doing that once or twice a week gradually building up strength and we've been doing landmine rows uh, you know which can be explosive mm-hmm. very good for sport and then we've just generally done stuff like stir the pot and yeah. he's definitely already noticing a big a big difference you know Great. Yeah. So uh, the main goal there is just to to, re- to take away all this work that he does with his back muscles and just give it to the ab- anterior abdominal wall. Exactly. Exactly. And again, we'll we'll have um, some links to particularly the stir the pot the exercise because I think that is a particularly good exercise, a safe exercise that that everyone can do. And to start building building arm strength, and there can be variations on that. So, again, back to 
visualizing some of these exercises will as always have some videos on the website that uh, that will link in the show notes so that people can uh, jump on and have a look at those so the next patient that you wanted to talk about Jacob yeah uh, so the next guy is, is a slightly different story he was also identified by the trainers at the at the CrossFit gym and while he was doing the on-ramp and he was sent to me very quickly I think he had one session there and I told him look we think it's better you guys see Jacob so you guys do some preparation work before you come and do the on-ramp he's he's about mid-30s and um, what I picked up with him was that there's there's some you know difficulty with with coordination you know standing on one leg and um, uh, coordinating complex movements was not that easy for him and that can be due to a lot of a lot of things we didn't go into that too much but uh, we decided okay we're gonna just basically work on building strength so there was there was quite a few weak links in the chain or in multiple chains for example and so we identified that we looked at the hips we looked at uh, glute strength posterior chain strength hamstring strength uh, core strength between the shoulders and the hips shoulder blade stability and so what we did was we, we started with a very basic approach you know and I knew it was going to take time and we discussed it with him and and he was happy with that he was just you know very keen to do CrossFit so uh, I said to him you know we gotta we gotta give it at least six months and the first two months we're just going to stick to really basic exercises which will gradually build up and we 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 started with very gentle bear dog glute bridge uh, clamshells for the for the glute meats uh, push-up plus things like this you know and, and tummy line because he, he came in with pretty bad back issues okay so he came in with back issues thinking that he was going to solve them by doing crossfit basically yeah actually yeah i didn't mention that that was his main goal was to get rid of his back issues get uh, into better health by doing crossfit right and i think that's a, that's a general assumption a lot of people make when they actually pretty damaged thinking that they're going to start crossfit and they're going to get better and i've i've, I've spoken to some people who said look i had some some back issues uh and since i do crossfit it's gone and of course that's possible Hmm. But, but I think when you have a chronic issue, and I know that's what you want to speak about, if you have a chronic serious issue, generally jumping into CrossFit can be the wrong can be the wrong choice for sure. Or or the gym in general as well. You know, I think, uh, and again, this is why it's it's great that people want to take action and and uh, and do exercise to to. To improve their back health because they've obviously identified that maybe a lack of movement a lack of strength or balance or poor posture is contributing to the problem which is which is great because there's many patients that we've seen um, in the past that aren't prepared sometimes to do exercise or don't feel they should or need to um, which can be frustrating given the fact that we know how important it is um, and that's kind of a one of the big drivers behind smart strong and, and what we're doing here is to try and bring some of this knowledge and education to the to the masses as it were 
so that when people are taking the initiative to go and do exercise, they can they can look at the their baseline and they can look at building a foundation, which is clearly what you're you're doing with this guy. And he's obviously lucky enough to live where he does and enter the CrossFit gym that that you guys are running because clearly your approach is is different to many. Yeah, I I think that yes, it could have turned out very differently for him if he went to a different CrossFit. It, it could have turned out very bad for him because the lack of coordination and then going into explosive or heavy exercises, all depending on whether these chains that we talk about, you know, the posterior chain, the, the core, shoulders, whether they're actually functioning properly. This could be detrimental for anybody, so, and especially a guy like him. But what I admire about this guy is his, uh, his ability to, uh, to, to keep going and working towards his goal. And it's, it's, it's about, it's almost a year now since I've been working with him. And uh, what I really appreciated with him is every time we reached a milestone and I would retest them and we'd see, okay, oh, he's actually a fair bit stronger now. And I tell him, look, man, you're ready for the next step. And he, the, 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 the joy I noticed, uh, the, the pleasure this gave him was just great, you know. So it was, it was a real pleasure working with him. And uh, I think it was about four months and then we said, okay, you know, you're ready for, 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 for the gym, actually going to the gym. We're going to start with just open gym uh, exercises. So I worked with him. I gave him, we, we did some personal training, a couple of sessions, and then we worked out a, a training program for him. So generally I'd give him exercises you do for four to six weeks, yeah. twice a week at the gym. You know, so we'll use the uh, GHD. So we'll do GHD holds, Sorensen holds, for example. Um, you know, a lot of stir the pot, dead bug with medicine balls. And we really built up his core strength. We did, for example, um, uh, box squat, just starting with a bar, just literally working with technique because because of the lack of coordination, you know, we, we couldn't load, uh, put much load on his spine. But what I wanted to see first was that, you know, he had a nice wide stance because we did a sumo box squat uh, and it can maintain and move properly. And so he did that, you know, for a while, twice a week. And then I said, okay, you know what, you're ready to, to add some weight. And uh, I think we're on 50 kilograms now and it's looking good. And, uh, you know, it's just that we started working with kettlebells and a little bit more complex movements. Keeping it, uh, keeping it, the weight low. Yeah. Um, and now he's doing once a week a wad, and the trainers are very aware of him. They know that you know sometimes they have to scale something, or if it, if they look for a two or three rep max, that you know he's not going to necessarily go for a two or three rep max. He's going to go for a little bit heavier, but with good form. Yeah, it's all about the form rather than it is about the repetitions, which seems to be where a lot of people fail when it comes to CrossFit because they're just all about the repetition. And then when it gets to the end of the exercise and they're fatigued, their, their, their movement patterns and their technique goes down and they might continue or maintain a level of intensity and repetition, but it just gets worse and worse and worse in terms of uh, the movement. 
Yeah, and that, and that's just to add to that. You can if you if if your back is healthy and you go, you only do CrossFit once twice a week. We only go to the CrossFit twice a week, like a lot of people do. You have a lot of time to recover. You'll you'll most likely be okay when you're causing yes. micro damage, but you most likely be okay as soon as you start doing CrossFit four or five times a week, and more often once, then you won't have time to recover, and you'll actually work yourself into an injury. Yeah, and that that's something we have to make clear because we have a lot of people. They're like, yeah, but I do CrossFit and I I go hard and. Yeah, but you're only going twice a week. It means you've got five days to recover. So yeah, you might be causing a lot of damage. You just don't know it, and you think it's okay. But actually, quite often it isn't. And it just over time, that will also add up. I was going to say it's 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 almost some people are lucky. They'll go and they maybe have a poor posture and poor technique, and but they're going maybe once a week, and then suddenly they're going twice a week, and then over time their endurance is improving even with poor technique so they're getting a bit of an adaptation and the irony and the outcome is that whilst they're not doing it right and how we'd like to see over time if they build up they actually build a level of endurance that is just enough to protect them from getting injured so it's almost still be aware you know you might at some point do yourself a bit of a disservice if if you're not careful, but some people some people get lucky. And I think people people get comfortable in uh, in their poor in their poor technique, and I yeah. think it's okay. And um, I think a lot of people think I'm at the gym, and some of my friends and the people I train with, they think I'm I, they might think that I'm a little bit too too much focused on the technique. But I, I, you know, coming from the injury background that I have, I know the absolute importance of actually maintaining my form, especially when I start going hard and, and fast or explosive. And if I, and what would happen if I don't do that? Yeah. So, so you know, but um, in many cases, you first have to get injured before you start listening. So sadly, my, uh, yeah. Sadly, so my. The way I, I work with people, if I speak to people at the gym, if anybody questions what I'm doing or so, then you know I have a general idea of what they've gone through in terms of injury, and that gives me an idea of their pattern or way of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've identified there two two cases where the people, the the the, the patients or the customers at the the gym have been prepared to listen and they've been patient because that's that's what I've really taken from these two case studies is you know the one guy certainly the second guy you were pretty open and honest with him you know we take six months you know there's going to be a lot of people that say oh hang on a minute um six months before I can actually do the CrossFit and I've joined CrossFit you know I'm paying for CrossFit then there's a bit of resilience there but actually I think one of the messages is don't be um, don't be uh, disillusioned or or um, don't be make the mistake of thinking that those baseline exercises that you're giving them to do and that we're advising people do aren't going to add a lot of fitness at the same time and develop some core strength. But 
it is about patience. It is about building that baseline and and taking the time to do that well and do that properly because the opportunity thereafter is is so much greater than if you rush and if you do end up with an injury or you exacerbate an injury um you know the 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 progression is is going to be a lot slower yeah the the benefit of delayed gratitude in this case yeah and and uh i've you know i've spoken to so many guys that has said they started crossfit and they had to stop because they they developed a real well, I know this one guy, for example, he developed a real bad back injury, so he, he had to stop. Mm. I mean, you know, what, what's the point in that? It's you actually want to go to the crossfit to get strong and fit and healthy. Yes. Instead of instead of ending up with a back injury that causes you to stay at home. Yeah, and I think the the, the, the sad reality is we're hearing we're hearing more and more about um, crossfit injuries and uh, how crossfit's causing a lot of problems and. You know, clearly, having spoken about these case studies and the way that your gym works, it's not it's not that CrossFit necessarily is bad or some of the exercises are bad. It's it's the advice you're getting at these different gyms, and it's running before you can walk and not doing these exercises properly and not considering your technique properly, um, rather than it is CrossFit specifically that's the problem. Yeah, absolutely. It it. it much of it lies in the approach if you're doing if you're going to the crossfit four times a week and you're only doing wads then i can tell you that's that's not good you, no. know, you need to you need to spend maybe 50 percent of the time at least just working on your on your uh, on your weaknesses and on your core strength in preparation for when you do the wads just to balance out the the effect of the wads because the whole idea of a wad is you turn up and you don't know what we're going to do today. So it would never be coordinated to what you specifically need, especially if there are 10 people doing the wad in the group. So um, the wad, the workout of the day. So you've got to imagine if you if you only do the wads, you might just never really get into or enough of the exercises that actually helps you to to strengthen your weaknesses. and. I think that's where it lies. You gotta you gotta find out what you need to do to maintain the balance and allow you to go as hard as you want with the explosive and the very heavy exercises. Yeah, awesome, awesome advice, and I think that's a great place for us to end there. And you know that take home message is: look, it's great that for those listening that want to do exercise and are looking to adopt exercise or go to the gym and CrossFit to to help with their low back problems or prevent low back problems, but you've got to, you've got to have a serious consideration of the technique. You've got to think about the individualized exercises that may be required for your specific injury or your specific problem or, or just your specific, um, physique and be patient and ensure that you work to give yourself a great platform and a great baseline to then progress and if it's CrossFit you want to do then enter that and enter those exercises with the knowledge required to do it well so that then you can perform at your best without risking low back injury and other injuries which 
as we've highlighted, are commonly occurring. So thanks again, Jacob, for the insight. I think it's a great episode. And as always, head on over to the website. We've got some links to some of those exercises. They'll be in the show notes. Jump on over to iTunes, as we keep saying, help us spread the message, give us a rating, and uh, we're going to continually bring you education and information to help uh, with your low back problems and with your fitness problems, helping with posture as we seek to improve the approach to back health through movement. So Jacob, thanks again. And guys, we'll be back soon with another episode.